You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Five Things to Watch. Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network. Getting you ready for Chiefs versus Bengals. Obviously, not in the normal locale I am typically. I am in a central Ohio garage right now. And Craig Stout, I have no idea where you're located right now. Where are you exactly? I am standing outside in Wichita, Kansas right now. So uh, we are really bringing this home on a holiday week. We're putting in a real Chiefs offense kind of effort for this one right here with our setups. But uh, we're here for you. We're here to break down this game. Here to give you a couple of things leading into five things this week. We're doing absolutely everything we can here to get you that sweet, sweet <laughs> content here on KCSN. You're going to get two things to watch from us. You're going to get one thing to watch from Tucker D. Franklin and Nick Lecky. And then you're going to get two from the only Weird Games fellows as well. So... That's kind of the, the rundown this week. Obviously, you know, leading up and in between holidays, it's all always tricky. This is my first chance getting to talk about this Chiefs team since the absolutely embarrassing performance against the Las Ooh. Vegas Raiders uh, on Yikes. Christmas Day. I was driving during that game, Craig. It was, yeah, uh, you you made the right choice, my friend. Hey, the defense played well, but you're used to that at this point in this season. Yeah, we're, this is the defensive team now. Uh, it but is. yeah, I. I know I've, I've heard that you guys did some really good things on uh, on the Monday show. So oh, that's kind. Thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, this has been good feedback about it. I've seen some really positive things. I haven't really got to, you know, I haven't got to listen back to it yet, but I'm sure I, I will. We, we, we weren't used to that. We figured that was going to be the case, but yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I, when I'm unplugged, I'm unplugged. <laughs> uh, but I did jump on for like the first couple minutes to hear you guys talk about a compliment sandwich or open face oh. compliment sandwich. Open face compliment sandwich. We're making a shirt out of that, as well as Maddie said in the game preview that has aired by the time everybody's listening to this, um, uh, hitting the tit, referring to the pass that Patrick Mahomes threw to Noah Gray. So we're making shirts out of both of those. We feel like those are really good sellers. Yeah, I'm glad I admit. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so first thing to watch uh, wasn't going to be a thing until until Jamar Chase decided to open his mouth. He of zero rings, Jamar Chase, uh, just talking about how inconsequential the the Chiefs defense is. They don't have any dudes. Uh, well, I would like for the Chiefs to hopefully introduce Legarius Sneed to Jamar Chase. It remains to be seen if if Legarius Sneed will indeed play in this game. But after Jamar Chase's comments, uh, you have to think that. That 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 Legarius is going to want to get back to this game. This yeah. could be quite the fun matchup. Yeah, if there was any sort of on defense for Legarius need, not that he's that kind of player. He shows up every week. It's not like he's you know kind of on the fence about performing at any point in time. Hearing Jamar Chase say, "Ah, they ain't they ain't got anybody. They ain't got a J- Jalen Ramsey over there, buddy." I don't know if you've watched Legarius need this year, Jamar, but he's been better than Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's having a great year. But Jarius Sneed is a first-team All-Pro. I said it earlier this week. I will double down on it this week, you know, in this one here. I don't understand what anybody gains by opening their mouth, I especially against this Chiefs defense, especially against one of the best corners in the league. It feels like one of those is like, oh, the Chiefs are down. Let's kick them. 
but let's try and kick them a little bit now because we can get our shots in and maybe we'll be able to back it up a little bit more feel more confident in it jamar chase is a confident individual but man this is the wrong bear to poke for me i imagine ask justin jefferson about how that went yapping a little bit at legerious need he punched him in the mouth quite literally punched him in the mouth, got a flag for it, and then Justin Jefferson did nothing all game. Devontae Adams did nothing, essentially, in either game after the first quarter of the first one. So this is this is not a guy you want to trifle with, Jamar Chase. So that's those comments, were they caught me off guard a little bit this week. I'll talk in no rings in Cincinnati. I would like to see Legere and Sneed set a tone. I will say this. This is the perfect, this, this Cincy game coming, and the Bengals starting to talk is actually kind of perfect for me. It's helping me wipe, you know, the slate clean from the week prior, helping me cleanse the palate because the Bengals hates back, even though Jake Browning's the quarterback for this team. Uh, I hey, do. I, there's, there's some juice. He's been fine. He's been fine. Maybe they got you know, some system quarterbacks over there. Who knows? Yeah, some are, some are calling Joe Burrow a system co- quarterback. I'm just saying, you know, it, it, it might be it might be playing itself out a little bit. They might have paid the wrong quarterback in Cincinnati. Anyway, uh, I just you know yeah I I, I want to see what Jerry Sneed set the tone. You know if he I and we all hope he plays at this point. You know we're not entirely sure if he's going to get out there and if he is going to be playing. I think we all hope that he will. Um, but I, I would love to see him or somebody just set the tone with Jamar Chase. You know, the yeah. Chiefs have done an absolutely incredible job of shutting down wide receiver ones. And I think Devontae Adams got him for like a quarter of a game once. But for the large part, they've just done a fantastic job of just, you know, slowing, you know, these, you know, these these top top shelf wide receivers down. And I don't, you know, J- and Jamar Chase coming off of an injury, you know, I don't think expect anything different. I think the Chiefs should be able to 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 kind of reduce, you know, his impact on the game. I think one thing you got to take into consideration, though, you know, beyond just a luxurious name versus Jamar Chase kind of situation, is there is, you know, a, you know, there's at least there's another wide receiver one in, mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. There is. And, you know, they're going to have to account for both of those guys this week. Yeah, that's that's the difficult part about some of this. Like if Legarius needs been on an island for a lot of these wide receiver ones and is held up just fine, but if he's not 100%. If he's not, you know, a full go guy and he's still out there toughing it out against Jamar Chase, that's one of those situations that you can't just dedicate safety help over the top and give him the kind of help that maybe you have with other guys or that you have in the past. And so and that's because T. Higgins has been kind of Jake Browning's go-to guy. Jamar Chase has as well. Don't get me wrong. He, he's still throwing the ball up there. But it's one of those where Jake Browning knows what he's got, knows what he's got lined up out there. Go throw the ball up and have a guy go up and win. We have talked about these wide receivers for the past three years. They're not 50-50 balls. They are 70-20 balls. And in, it's in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right. The other 10% is, you know, uh, Jake Browning or Joe Burrow just flat missing the throw. So, um, <laughs> no, it's one of those. What was going on there? No, no, no. I, I had a bit. I was setting it up. Um, it, it's just one of those where, like, you you look at these wide receivers and, you know, we, we kind of diminish some of the quarterback play for that, but that's a viable option. When you've got studs on the outside, go throw it up and go have a guy go win. And when you've got a guy like Tripp McDuffie, who's not the best at the catch point, 
maybe you're going to see situations where he and T Higgins are going to be slugging it out. And that's not one that I love, but I do love Jerry Steed versus Jamar Chase. I just feel like this is one the Chiefs want to beat Jamar Chase up. They want to beat this offense up. That This defense has seen their fair share of what this offense can do to them. And yes, this offense is not the same as it has been in previous years. And this defense is significantly better than it has been in previous years. So I look at this team, I look at this secondary, and I think, you know what? I actually like the chances of trying to slow down, try and stop a Jamar Chase with a luxurious speed this week. There's a decent chance that this is the last time that we see the Chiefs starters this regular season, too. There's plenty of scenarios that could play out where the Chiefs are locked into the three seed after mm-hmm. this week. And so it would be a great opportunity to get the taste out of the mouth, uh, you know, from, from last week, get right. You know, stop on the Cincinnati Bengals and their season. But yeah. I think the flip side is there's really not a ton of opportunity to see this offense kind of, you know, get some things figured out, right? We're running out of time. I mean, time's up pretty much, you know? Yeah. I don't think there's any overhauls. There's not any magic button that they're going to be able to press. There's not any personnel changes that are really going to make too much of an impact. Maybe one. And and that I got it, one. It's, it <laughs> might revolve around McCool Hardman getting involved yep. in this offense. Yeah, uh, that's the one I think, you know, we're talking to, you know, you're, we're switching to, to, to topic number two, to thing number two, and that's just finding some success down the field offensively. You know, yeah. this team has, you know, this team has become too stale, too predictable, and they don't have the reliability underneath to really continue to move the chains, you know, consistently in the short to intermediate, especially considering the fact that there's no vertical threat for this team right now. It's not, not being honored. No one's respecting it. And no one really believes that the Chiefs have the horses to do it. Marquez right. Valdez Gantling, not really, you know, got an opportunity against the Green Bay Packers and, and failed miserably. Is having a really rough season, you know, just a, a complete lack of production. And, you know, partially, I think the reason the Chiefs brought McCool Hardman back in a trade with the New York Jets was maybe to try to utilize him on the you know as a vertical stretch player at some point in this season. Obviously, the injury has had to derail them. There's a chance we'll see him here. Uh, you know, this week uh, we could see him uh, involved, and I, you know, something's got to something's got to give down the field. The Chiefs have to show sooner rather than later that they can win down the field, and yeah. they've got to find some success in the vertical passing game to have some people honor it. Because if they don't, it's going to be tough sledding for the things that Andy Reid really wants to do underneath in the short to intermediate in the screen game. They've got, to, they've got to loosen that lid up a little bit down the field, Craig. Yeah, they absolutely do. When this team was even sniffing around McCole Hardman earlier this year, we talked about it on the lab. We talked about how the, sa- the way that safeties were playing this team were flat-footed reads. They did not fear MVS. They did not fear Justin Watson down the field in 2023. And I think that that's really bizarre, kind of funny a little bit because they did fear MVS a little bit down the field in 2022. You saw a lot more split safety looks. When McCall Hardman was on the field, you definitely saw those split safety looks. But even later in the season, it took a long time for defenses to say, oh, Maybe we don't need to cover all the way down the field. Maybe we don't need to bail right off the snap with our safeties. 
maybe we can just read this out a little bit and react and drive on everything underneath. And as this season's gone along, that's all we've seen. Like, especially the later we get into the season, the more flat-footed, the more downhill every safety that the Chiefs are playing are you know, are playing the Chiefs' offense. There's nothing to risk by standing there flat-footed and driving on the Travis Kelsey route. There has been so much discussion about why isn't Travis Kelsey as effective? Why isn't this happening? Why isn't you know the offense able to flow through him anymore? Why is everything so difficult? Why can't they get open looks? It's because of that. There's nothing to tell any defense out there, hey, I need to make sure that I don't get beat for 20 on this play because it is so rare that the Chiefs have somebody open down the field and have time to throw it at this point. And now it's just the defenses don't respect it. They don't honor it and they don't have to. Just hit one. Just throw one or two that are semi-successful. Get a DPI. Get you know, get some down the field. It doesn't even have to be a crazy explosive play that goes for 70 yards to McCall Hardman. Hit a 25-yarder, and you're going to have defensive coordinators sitting there going, oh, crap. Well, that was the missing ingredient. Now, all of a sudden, safeties can't drive downhill. Travis Kelsey has a little more space to operate. Like It all opens everything up, and it is literally the missing piece Right now, we've talked so much about the wide receivers, how they can't function, how they can't do other stuff. They have dumbed down the offense so much and gone so basic with it that it is easy for defenses to read and react to it. Make them think twice about that read and react. Make them think twice about getting beat for an explosive play. We did not see the Raiders fear it at all, all game long. Big Lou and Aromo's defense for the Cincinnati Bengals has been fearsome in the past. It's not fearsome this year. They're giving up the most yards per play in the NFL. Go hit them over the top. Force those poor safeties to cover a little bit further down the field. Hit them over the top. Make some defensive coordinators in the playoffs have to think twice about playing as downhill as they are right now with every defense the Chiefs have seen. I think it's kind of, you know, the I think teams feared it more on reputation earlier in the season. I think that's partially yes. why you've seen that slow fall from grace for this offense, right? Is even early in the year, maybe they didn't have the horses to do it, but no one really knew or wanted to wanted to be the team to find right. out. Right. And, yeah. You know, and I remember sitting there for the Bears game and watching, you know, Travis Kelsey have no one there. You know, just having a lot of getting some opportunities underneath and they they've got to find a way to take that lid off, and um, you know, I I think there's been some stretches where the the Chiefs have tried. They've tried to maybe push the ball down the field a couple games here or there. They just failed. They yeah. just they like that's that's the biggest concern. Someone's got to step up in the vertical passing game. Mark West Valdez scaling has to come down with that one post he's going to get. McCole got to run under one here sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Um, they've got to not only do they have to prove it you know in the regular season they're gonna have to do it in the playoffs if they want to have a chance to win you know when the games matter the most they've got to find a way to get things going down the field and it should open up a lot of things for everybody else and you know i i think especially looking at an offense where you know what i haven't really got to take you know give too many of my takes you know for Mm -hmm. last week's game right but you know travis kelsey is what he is they've got to help him out with the vertical stretch like we just got to talk about they've got to you know loosen some things up for him I love Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice isn't ready to be that wide receiver one. I don't think, I, you know, I just, I, 
I, we hope you know, he's got some he, seasoning that he yeah. still needs. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, and it's not a knock on him. It's just, it's a big, tall order, especially with everything that's going on for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, I don't think we're going to, we're going to, I don't think he's got enough time to really develop, you know, the kind of things that they need for him to just become that super uber reliable guy all over the field. He's still going to make his plays. So that's why this, that's why this vertical stretch is so important. You know, because mm-hmm. we're running out of guys to talk about too. You know, we're running out of guys that you know can really see the field right now. I think Mark was out of scaling led the led the Chiefs in snaps. You know, on the offensive side uh, or from the receiver position. You know, and I think just just Watson was too far behind him either. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I think we kind of know you know who might be you know might invo- might be involved. Maybe a Kadarius Tony can get in there and, and get some you know get some staff and do something. They, I mean, the Chiefs might be out of out of some options, but I think. Things can get a lot easier if they can get the ball down the field. Now we're going to get this podcast to Tucker D. Franklin and Nick Leckney talking about the trenches. Outside the trenches with you here, two-thirds of us hanging out with you. Nick Leckie, myself, Tucker Franklin here, talking about the trenches heading into the Chiefs and Bengals matchup. Look, let's start with the Chiefs having the football, Nick, because... Chiefs offensive line not coming off of probably their greatest performance that they've had this season. CBS caught the cameras. Patrick Mahomes laying into the guys on the side. Patrick Mahomes comes to the podium, says they did respond a little bit better after it. But, man, not the greatest performance for the Chiefs uh, against the Raiders. Yeah, it's definitely a regression year. And it looks like the O-line got exposed. You had to bring in Allegretti. And, um, I mean, the way we talked about it, you know, I think Trey Smith's big time hurt. And but I, I like I like Allegretti in there. You know he he's a veteran, knows what to do. He's hundred percent healthy. And but here's the thing, you know this offense line has been struggling with everybody. And you bring in Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, two high motor defensive ends, and it's going to be trouble. I mean I mean it's going to be a lot of trouble for. You know, Donovan Smith, will he be playing? Will he not be? Jawan Taylor has had so many penalties, not not giving up stuff. And then Trey Smith or Allegretti in the middle, right guard. Man, I I just wish that the, the Chiefs, if the Chiefs could run the ball 20 times with whoever running back is in there, whether it be, you know, Edwards Hilaire or Pacheco, if one running back gets 20 carries, Chiefs win this. But if they don't, if they, if they don't feed that running back, and Mahomes sits back at 20 yards, doesn't make plays, forget about anything. For just forget about it. I'm not going to watch it. It's going to be it's tough. Gonna be As you tough. mentioned, I think a lot of the times when we've seen the Chiefs this year, we've seen some poor performances from, you know, Jawan Taylor, Donovan Smith. Wendy Morris didn't play all that good. Probably the first time that he hadn't played good. You could look at it and say, like, that was a bad performance. Guess what, Rook? There's some tape out on you now. Uh, they figured something out about you. You got yeah. three weeks of game film out there. They'll, they're gonna figure something out. He's getting beat on the inside a whole lot there. But this which wasn't just like religious, which is sacrilegious, for sure. But this wasn't just one bad performance from an offensive lineman. This was like everybody playing bad on the offensive line, which is not something that we've seen too many times. But it's starting to see something that we're seeing more than normal. Trey Smith mm-hmm. was listed on the injury report with a knee slash ankle. He was leg whip a couple times in that game, which doesn't feel very good. And that's uh, why Nick Allegretti had to come in because I think he was getting beat up, man. 
and Trey Smith was coming off of a really bad game that he had against the Patriots where he was a turnstile. But you mentioned guys with really high motors that this Bengals <laughs> team has, and they're going up against an offensive line that kind of struggles with with guys with high motors because they kind of have to block for a long time because the wide receivers aren't getting open and Patrick Mahomes is dropping really far back. And there's a lot that goes into all of this. But they're going to go up against guys like you mentioned, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, uh, Cam Samples, the guy that's going to be getting after it, uh, Joseph Osai as well. I, this is not a great matchup for the Chiefs no. offensive line. This no. isn't the the bounce-back performance when you're looking at like other defensive lines to face. Like, okay, we can get back on track. We can get, we can get our communication down against this defensive line. Not one you do, especially against a defense like Luana Rumo, who is the defense coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. Kind of had the Chiefs number the past couple of years when it comes to stopping the Chiefs offense. Not sure how much he has to do, really. I think the Chiefs will kind of take care of a lot of that for him. Uh, but but it's going to be a really challenging test for him. Yeah, it, it, it will be difficult. It'll be really difficult. You got some big body edge guys at 6'4 and 6'5. Yeah, it's trouble. So. Don't bet on a lot of Chiefs' performance this year because Mahomes will be scrambling for his life back there, as usual. Let's flip to uh, when the Bengals have the football. We get a little bit of a uh, return of revenge game, Orlando Brown Jr. playing left tackle. Uh, former Kansas City Chiefs left tackle playing now for the Cincinnati Bengals. He, you know, as well, hasn't had that great of a year. Uh, but they've got some good guys along that side. Cordell Volson, uh, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams on that right side. They've got some pretty good guys, but uh, this isn't the uh, hasn't still been the best year for them where they thought that they were really going to revamp their offensive line. Yeah, well, the thing with Burrow is sometimes he can make some plays with his arm, make some plays with legs, but guess what? He ain't going to be there. You got Jake Browning from, I don't even know where the hell he's from. Washington. Uh, U-Dub back in the day, right? And U-Dub, you don't know. You get no credit from me. You should have got Florida Stated over Florida Stated. And I just think, honestly, I think the defense is is sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think Karloftis can feast, especially when you go against guys who used to run up again in practice. And there's always this weird kryptonite. Like this, like this is an insider thing. There's a weird kryptonite to guys who might do well in the league, but you're like, oh, we played against this schmuck in practice every day. We know what he's about. And I think that's what's going to happen to Orlando Brown Jr. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do all our practice shit we still on you. I did. And, and I honestly think, you know, the whole crew, all of them is going to have a great day. I, I think so. I think, I think this will be if the Chiefs can score like double digits, they'll win. But if they don't, they'll lose. But this would be a good day to take the under on this score for sure. Ooh, I like that. You mentioned George Karloftis, a guy with a high motor. He's going to be he's going to be all over the place. What I really want to see is we've seen this a lot from Chris Jones this year of him picking his matchups, right? Him saying like I I'm going to pick my matchup and I I know I can win. I want to see him go on the edge against Orlando Brown Jr. because he can say I know I can win this matchup. I want to see that happen. And look, I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen because. The way that this defense has been playing, they've been playing great. They're allowing like 17 points per game against playoff teams. The Bengals are surging right now. They did lose the last week, but there are there are teammates getting hot. They've got some playoff chances. They've got something to play for in this game. It's not like they're going to come out and play flat and be flat. Uh, so I want to see this this defense, the defensive line specifically, get home. That's been a really big thing that, you know, I, Nick, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this literally all year, is that the Chiefs defensive line does a really good job of generating pressure 
but not converting those pressures into sacks, into those tangible playmaking plays, those those big-time plays like they'll really swing the momentum. I want to see that happen. I want to see them get after, get after Jake Browning uh, to kind of swing some momentum because, look, they're going to have to either create takeaways or put the offense in advantageous positions for the Chiefs to win this game. They have to do it. They've got to they've got to get turnovers. They've got to uh, get after the quarterback and that starts I think with the defensive line. They're going to have to do what the Raiders did to the Chiefs and defense is going to have to score more points than the offense. Yeah. And get get the shit done if you want to win. Because guess what? You're not relying on this year's version of the Chiefs to score a lot of points. Plain and simple. It's a great note to end on, Nick. That's going to do it for us with Outside the Trenches. Catch us uh, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. We're live. Always catch us after the fact. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we'll go ahead and send it back for more five things. Thanks to Tuck and Nick Leckie. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network. Again, getting you ready for Chiefs, Bengals. I'm in enemy territory here in Ohio right now, a little bit north of Cincinnati, but close enough. I've seen a few Bengals things here that I'm not particularly enjoying it. But now it's time to enjoy the boys from Only Weird Games, Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser. Two things for us. What you got? You got two parts of Only Weird Games here to tell you two things to keep an eye on when the Chiefs take on the Bengals on New Year's Eve. Joshua Briscoe and Seth Kaiser with you here. Seth, I'll let you take the offensive side here today as you just wrote about the things that went wrong up on the uh, the Substack, mnchiefsfan.substack.com, the Chief of the North newsletter. Uh, you took a look at Patrick Mahomes and charted his film and what went wrong. And uh, as we talked about on this week's edition of Weird Games, what went wrong was a lot of stuff at different times. So what's the key here? You know, it's always one thing that's, I guess, nice about a game where basically everything that can go wrong does go wrong is you can really pick, like, wow, what needs to improve? I don't know. Close your eyes and point in a general direction on the offense, and that needs to be better. Um, Like we talked about on Only Weird Games, um, the wide receivers didn't play a good game, but they didn't play nearly as bad a game as they played in the past, and so... I've kind of taken the counter 
perspective of like, ah, this was a little more the old line in Mahomes with some wide receiver awful moments sprinkled in too. Um, but for me, it's all about, I mean, I, I'm going to sound like, I really am going to sound like a coach giving a presser, but it really is about them actually being more consistent everywhere. Because the problem that they're having right now is they're making mistakes. Mahomes will make a mistake or the O-line will make a mistake or the receivers will make a mistake or maybe the tight ends will make a mistake or the play calling will be bad, whatever. And because they're each doing it with some consistency, it's like every snap has something go wrong. And if you just, and that, that's where it really, it becomes so frustrating. It's like if every group just tightened it up like 10%, you would suddenly see a much more functional offense. And so it's really about, there are good snaps by the O-line. Plenty of them. There's good snaps by the receivers. Maybe less of them. But then because you get to do zone looks and stuff, you don't have to be great. You just got to run to the right spot and turn. Which apparently is borderline impossible for some people. <laughs> but... I'm sorry, that's not fair. See, one breath I'm defending them, the next breath I'm just chucking them under the bus. I mean, uh, that's kind of the season though, right? Yeah, I'm a double-minded man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, And then you also, like, Mahomes has to trust both of those things to work and, and, and not try to just shift into hyper-creative mode that one could would, would call it like almost like a Texas Tech-type mode that he had against the the Raiders. He's like, I'm just going to create that. You can't just create against NFL defenses. Even if you're Patrick Mahomes, what makes him great is that he's able to create five to 10 plays a game. Most quarterbacks can maybe do it like once or twice. And so for me, I'm looking for, I don't know, is synergy the right word? I don't think yeah. synergy is the right word. Sure. I like a little synergy. synergy. Yeah. It's got to actually come together at the same time, at least two of the three. And not just, just don't blow it up. That really is just the one thing. Everyone blow up three fewer plays this game. Three fewer. And the offense would look significantly better. So that's what I'm going to be looking for in terms of just some consistency and some complementary football in a different sense than how people traditionally use it. And it makes a lot of sense because it, there's an exponential improvement that comes with that because all it takes is for one of those groups to blow up the play for everybody and now all of a sudden it doesn't matter that Mahomes has done something magical because no one's open at all or the offensive line has given him the pocket because he's dropping his eyes and he's nervous about it now. To, yep. to circle back over that one more time, I wonder if in that way the Raiders game was finally the game where the whole like Mahomes isn't trusting what's going on around him. I wonder if that was really truly the first game that they lost because of that. Or, or that that was at least the game where it most came home to roost. Because you did see Mahomes drifting in the pocket. You did see him dropping his eyes. You did see him not taking some shots that were there downfield. And to me, that, that feels kind of like the culmination of a lot of the things we've talked about all showing up at the same time. Is that fair? I do think it's fair. It's besides the Broncos loss where he was obviously not remotely himself. Yeah. And let's face it, being sick is the worst. I've got kind of a theory on this since we've got a little time. Um, that I've explained to Jazz. You know, you know the term man sick, you hear it a lot. What I've pointed out to Jazz Renee and, says she's that sometimes, but I don't think I've heard it out of that context. Well, yeah, the, the term I always hear is oh, oh so you oh, are you man sick? You know, it's like, well, hang on. But what's really true, and this is just science, that the manlier you are, 
the tougher germs have to be to make you sick. Yeah. And so by the time by the time you show symptoms, they're devastatingly bad because it's such a strong germ, which is why on the outside it might appear that perhaps, for example, I, the pinnacle of uh, masculinity, handle being sick like, to quote someone who will remain nameless, like a baby <laughs> um, or a whiner or, you know, other words that hurt my heart. But really what it is is those germs are so strong. And so I would assume Patrick Mahomes, who some might say is as manly as I am, some might say it, I'm some sure might say it's close. I don't want to. Some, some might say it. So, uh, other than that game, this this Raiders game was the uh, the only other game where I would say maybe with the Jets, although they won. So if you're just taking losses, where his play was a legitimate contributing factor to the loss, not just he didn't play well enough to pull them up because that's happened a few times, um, but really to where he was not. He was not only not able to drag the offense to respectability, but he was actively part of the problem. And that, I don't expect that to continue. And that's at least a piece of good news with him. It's almost like things culminating in that force them. Like, you, you got to stop saying, hey, stay the course. We're going to figure this out. It has to be, okay, this crap isn't getting figured out. We got to figure something else out. And one of the things in the Raiders game that I think they figured out was we start going for it. Like, like early in the game, they were like, guys, it's like fourth and three. We got to go for it. And I was like, thank you. Just let's do more of that. Because then they also call the good plays usually too. So that's a lot. That, that's probably more than five things just on my end alone. But let's say, let's call this thing 20 things. Why not? Yeah, I, I kind of have multiple things on the defensive side that that are, are at least about what we've seen recently from them. Look, the defensive side of the football has been excellent this year. It's been the better side of the ball for the Chiefs this year. It hasn't been close. Uh, and last week, we saw them turn Aiden O'Connell into a pumpkin starting in the second quarter. It, I mean, he the man did not complete a pass from that point on. And that sounds fake, but it's... He could have been a pumpkin. And he could have literally been a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. So what I'm curious about is is a little bit of a, of a, a, a dual thing here about a player that I want to see on the field more this week and the reason why. I'm curious to see what the Chiefs defense does against a team that wants to throw the football again. Steve Spagnuolo said on Thursday that sometimes he watches the film and he's got to get clarification. Is that Joe Burrow or is that Jake Browning? And while I think there's perhaps some truth to that for some aesthetic reasons and, you know, the way that Browning is playing the game and also the, the way that Burrow plays, I get it. I understand the similarities, but I would love to see them make Jake Browning look like a backup. And again, how are you going to play against a team that actually wants to throw the football and has thrown it well at times? Last week's game is not a perfect example for the Bengals because they, they ran the ball uh, on... 15 carries, not by Jake Browning, uh, 11 for Joe Mixon. They threw the ball 42 times. That split is in part because they were down 24 to nothing at halftime. That's what the game was at. But Joe Mixon is just a good weapon as a pass catcher as he is as a running back, especially at this point in his career, I would argue. And the Bengals are going to want to continue playing Bengals football and getting the ball to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, especially, assuming that, that Chase is out there. With that in mind, Drew Tranquil was fourth in linebacker snaps against the Raiders by a significant margin. Drew Tranquil played 17 defensive snaps against the Raiders. Now, again, it's a team that at that point was running the ball. The the nail in the coffin plays, as we talked about on, on Tuesday's Weird Games, were running plays that were minus plays for Leo Chanel 
and maybe Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, all in that one play. I think all three of them might have might have gotten a, a little red ding on on my list, but we you know we can go back and look at it closer, whatever. I don't want to see that happen again. I want to see Drew Tranquil. I mean, ideally, I'd like Drew Tranquil to be this team's highest snapping linebacker. Um, I understand he's going to accept that that's not going to happen, but he should certainly be second, even if Nick Bolton continues to be the full-time green dot Mike linebacker, all of those things. I will be very curious to see how they handle that in in this version where, again, it's another backup quarterback, but Aiden O'Connell turned into a pumpkin, and Bailey Zappi, even though uh, Travis Kelsey didn't know his first name, the, the Chiefs defense has been excellent. Browning and the Bengals supporting cast is the best test they're going to have in this back quarter of the season before Easton Stick and company come to town for, I guess they go to LA, right? Uh, For a game that may not matter, like may literally not matter, depending on how this weekend pans out. But I will be curious to see if if there's anything that resembles, oh man, this defense did it again against real pass catchers and a, a reasonable backup. And alternatively, what if it goes poorly at that point of the season? like starts feeling even more fragile than it does right now. You have any thoughts? Man. I don't know. Anything there that was, I just that was so brilliant. You know what? That was really good. That was really yeah, thank good. You. I was right just now. free. I was just freewheeling it. I mean, I just kind of, I just, I don't know. I don't remember what I said. I blacked out. Who did I talk about? Um, You know, sometimes it just comes to you, but the Drew Tranquil take, pulling that out, for one, part of me died when you said that. So it took yeah, me a couple of minutes to come back. So I'm not sure what you were talking about in the interim. But it really is, they, they've had this stretch of backup quarterbacks, and they have, other than one game, really, and that's against uh, LaFleur's Packers. They came in with a great game plan, executing well. Also, the offense kept giving the ball back. Yep. You know, that that's complimentary football. It works both ways. They, they've been really good at exposing, including in O'Connell, who played pretty well against them for like the first half last time, and then the second half was pretty ugly. But this time, it was... I really want to see something that I think made the difference against the Raiders is like the very first drive, Chris Jones like immediately was like, oh, they can't block him. And that everything kind of altered from there. And you could see them like, okay, well, we need to throw out like three quarters of our playbook today because he, he, I think he tried to eat him. And and so I'm curious, you know, Jones obviously has had success against the Bengals in the past. We'll see how it goes. But I, that linebacker snap count is something that I'm a million percent keeping my eye on because Tranquil played so well in Bolton's absence. And and maybe he's still kind of coming back from his concussion. I don't know. But that that's just not acceptable. He's too good. He's too versatile. There you go. You got something from each side of the ball from two-thirds of us here on Only Weird Games. Thanks again to our friends over at Only Weird Games. It's been great having them here on KC Sports Network this year. That's been five things. Getting you ready for this big game, a huge game. Trying to get to double digits. Trying to win the AFC West are the Kansas City Chiefs. We really appreciate you. Thank you all for listening, supporting KC Sports Network in 2023. It's been an unbelievable year. We will talk to you after this game is over on the KCSN Post Game Show. Make sure you are checking out 810 Sports Radio's pregame coverage as they're going to get you ready for Chiefs Bengals as well. I'm Ken Swanson. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year, all that good stuff. We'll catch you later.